freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is our mega preview pod for this week's U.S. Open. It's storylines, it's best bets, and it's our one and done. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be about as spicy as it is here in Las Vegas today, 110 degrees. The only thing keeping me cool, Arnold Palmer spiked that classic lemonade and iced tea. 5% ABV goes down nice and smooth on a day like this. You can find Arnold Palmer Spiked in a store near you at arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash first or search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. That's arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash first. 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. And I'm going to celebrate by bringing my crew in here for the day. That right there, Greg Ducharme in studio. Greg, good to have you. Hey, Rick, I thought you said, I thought I heard you say in that read, you're in, in Vegas today. I, but I always thought it was Jupiter of the West. So that's right. I'm a little Jupiter of the West, Rick. I think that's a good nickname. Nice that shirt was, color, by the way, today. Thank you. That was not a read. I just, I always start the shows like that. That was, oh, okay. uh, yeah. For, uh, the coach, the coach is here. Coach, happy U.S. Open week. This is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year. I love the U.S. Open, but I love even more West Coast U.S. Open. So I'm here for it. Let's go. Prime time, happy hour. Grab your Arnold Palmer spiked. You are there, my friend. That is Kyle Porter in San Diego. Good to have you, KP. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. If my wife is watching, she's not. Um, we are going to move out here. Um, it's incredible. I've been here for five hours, and uh, I mean, it's not like my. I've been to the West Coast before. I've never been to San Diego, and uh, just got got tacos, went down to the beach. I mean, I I might be on vacation. I don't even know if I'm working this week. Kyle, Kyle, I got two words for you: state. <laughs> yeah. Go back home. Go back home. Well, I texted uh, I texted one of my friends who's from the West Coast. And who you guys all know who he is. I won't mention his name, but he uh, he said, "Yeah, if you move out there, your whole family's going to be in your little content shed with you. Like, That's right. You don't you, you don't have the you just have the little house. You don't have the big, yeah, the big yeah. house to go with. It. <laughs> yeah, you, you you are better off vacationing there a couple of times a year <laughs> than actually moving uh, the family, gentlemen. This is our." Mega preview pod. It's the U.S. Open. It is here, and uh, I'm giving away subscriptions or a free year-long subscription to Sportsline. Very easy to win. All you have to do is leave a comment on this video with any golfer playing this week, and if that player makes the cut, 
that's the key. You are eligible to win a free subscription to Sportsline for 365 days. Leave the player's name in the comment and your Twitter handle. And of course, you should be already following at First Cut Pod on Twitter because that is your way to win. And I've got one more ad before we get into this. KP, if I gave you $50,000, we talked about this on yesterday's show, but I want to get your ideas on this. I give you $50,000. You have to spend it on something golf-related. What would that be? Well, I saw our friend Eric Patterson just bet uh, DJ, Rom, and Brooks to finish. Or I think it was – maybe it was DJ, Rom, and Bryson to finish one, two, three in any order at 650 to 1. Ooh. Might, might wow. be that. Wow. Uh, anything Ooh. golf-related, I would uh, – it's a good question. Uh, the biggest souped-up golf cart you ever seen is what I. Oh, a golf cart. Yeah. So Greg went with a simulator, which I think I would also go with. A souped-up golf cart would be pretty good. You can what get you both. both. Yeah, the the golf cart would be great because my kids would love it, and they'd love mm-hmm. the simulator. I'm just mm-hmm. this is like the Italian job where the the bad guy steals everybody else's ideas. That's me right now. <laughs> I'm just stealing everybody else's ideas. If you want to win fifty thousand dollars at this week's major, we have a chance for you because golf props from CBS Sports is back. Get in the action today and compete for the fifty thousand dollar jackpot plus a guaranteed cash prize to the winner. Best of all, golf props is one hundred percent free to play. Download the CBS. CBS Sports app or go to cbsports.com slash props to play right now. I wrote the questions. They're very hard. Good a, luck. <laughs> I got a new I got a new answer. Okay. Buddy's trip to like Scotland, Ireland. Just now we're talking. Yeah, that's a good now one too. Spend it all. Go. Just go, just go as far as the money will take you. Yeah, we, we don't lose we, our jobs, but <laughs> we we tossed around a um what a membership, Greg, but membership, yeah. you know, just a membership. You still got to have enough time to play. You got to have enough time to do all that. So that's where the simulator came in, yeah. but a buddy's trip all over the place. That's well, strong. You know, Kyle, um, you could just stay there for like another extra two weeks with, <laughs> two weeks. with play a couple rounds of two or three rounds of golf. <laughs> yeah. Go down to then that, uh, that, that 50 yeah. grand become nice when he got home with the wife too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. What the current rates are at Torrey Pines, but if you're a resident, I'm pretty sure the South Course is like sixty bucks, and the North it Course is, is like forty. I think it's sixty-five or seventy for the South. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Awesome. Like that's we'll probably talk about it, but that's <laughs> that's a really cool thing that we don't. Golf is so siloed, right? It's so like insular, and like we're in, like in our lane. And for anybody who lives around here to be able to go play Torrey, where they're having a a U.S. Open. That's pretty cool. Like, I, I think we kind of it'll get talked about a lot, but I, I don't know if it can be talked about enough because I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so sick. Uh, all right, let's hop into our storylines for this week. And Greg, we're going to start with yours, but it's not really your storyline. It's really everybody's storyline because this is the story in golf right now. And I guess a couple of things have happened here. And this goes to the old Brooks and Bryson drama. So Brad Faxon talked to Michael Breed, right? You can let us know it, it yeah. lets it know about this. He essentially uh, insinuated that the USGA had reached out to Bryson and Bryson declined the opportunity to play with Brooks Kepka for the first two days. Let's start with that. That is that is the assumption that we have. Bryson's team has kind of 
poo-pooed that, said we never talked about it. Uh, let's talk about it. So um, on the, the radio show this morning, the Michael, Michael Breed and I do, um, Brad Faxon comes on every week. And, um, and this week, he shared this news with us that um, he had heard from his sources – um, reliable sources that um, that that Brooks was approached by the USGA. No, I'm sorry, not Brooks. Bryson was approached by the USGA. Actually, Bryson's agent was approached by the USGA and asked if 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 we did this, would this be okay? And he said no. So it wasn't necessarily an offer. There have been a lot of things that have um, been circulating on social media saying, hey, I, I mean, since when does somebody get to choose their own group? This, nobody's choosing their own group here. This is just a highly controversial topic, a topic that is um, talked about around the, the, the sport, um, around the, the world, really, right now. It's been talked about at length for a long time. Will these guys get paired together? And um, there's some animosity. So they decided to ask Bryson if it was okay. And I don't think it was intended to get out in this fashion. Um, and we've seen now that a, some reports said it's not true. There's now a lot of, he said, she said, but that's not why I bring this story up. Uh, I bring this story up because I, I think this really leads to a USGA situation. And um, the USGA from 2015, um, at least, I mean, well, it started in 2015 all the way to 2018 through 2018. They took heat in every single U.S. Open that was contested. Something happened, whether it was the course that they chose, a rules violation, um, the handling of a rules violation. There was a at the 2016 U.S. Open, there was a point where we didn't really know the score because of a Dustin Johnson incident, and the USGA took a ton of heat for that. But over the past two U.S. Opens at Pebble Beach and at Wingfoot, they have been kind of on a hot streak. They have um, John Bodenhammer has taken over the setups for the golf courses, and they've been uh, very well received for the most part. Um, and they have a new hire of Mike Wan, which has been very well received. They brought Jason Gore on to talk about the player, to talk to the players and um, open up some lines of communication between the USGA and the players. So they've made a lot of moves that I think are really positive. And a move like this could potentially um, derail that. That is that is a valid point, Coach. Let me let me throw this to you because my my response to Greg would be, "What could go wrong? They're not going to punch each other in the face. They're not going <laughs> to wrestle on the first tee. There is going to be uh, fans saying whatever they want, whether these guys are paired together or not. So, Coach, shouldn't they have just embraced this? Say we're using, um, you know, we have we are we have cover for this. We'll put the last three champions together. That's our cover for this. Shouldn't like th this? How does it go wrong? You're asking the guy who did <laughs> fake pro wrestling. <laughs> That's fake. <laughs> Over a decade, we never like to use the F word too much. Can I say it took me a long? I was way too old before I realized that. By the way, well, we love people <laughs> like you because you, you paid my mortgage for ten plus years. So thank you very much. That. Now, how great would it have been? I've got I've got several very quick takes on this. First of all, if this is true, what a bad look this is for USGA. And when did we stop having leaders lead in this country? This was automatic that this should have been done because we're talking about a sport that we're begging 
KP talks about it sometimes. He just talked about it before that we're kind of in this this silo world where one person doesn't talk. We're we're in a sport that is not universally played. So you have an opportunity to get people to watch the U.S. Open that wouldn't watch the U.S. Open if this wasn't the case, if this story didn't exist. So if they did call him, I know Greg just said that these aren't players choosing their groups. Well, this is a player choosing not to be in a group. So that would be essentially choosing where he's going to play. And if this is also true that Bryson said no, just like he said at the Memorial, oh, I had nothing to do with the guys getting thrown out or the fans getting thrown out. Really? So those security guards just randomly decided on their own without any of your crew or your team saying anything to them? I don't believe that to be true. So every step along the way, Bryson has looked, for lack of a better term, kind of soft in this situation. Kind of soft. How great would it have been, guys? Imagine this. Face to face. On the first tee, they talk about it beforehand. Say, listen, let's squash this stupid stuff, but let, let's make it worth it. Let's have a payoff. And they go on the first tee, and as they're getting ready to be introduced, they both walk to each other, drop their drivers, and stand face-to-face just like it was a boxing match or like it was a, you know, a main event at WrestleMania. That'd be, that'd be like, sick. Sick. It would I be was- sick. If I would take happened. my $50,000 and I would pay to see that for sure on the first tee at Tory Pines. Are you kidding me? When did we stop thinking that this wasn't entertainment? This is all entertainment. And that's what we should have been doing. But instead, this is the story we're talking about instead of how much fun it could have been come Thursday morning or afternoon. So, of course, these guys are now at Tory Pines. They are interacting with the media. And two questions for Brooks today, essentially, about Bryson and KP. As you can imagine, he said he was uh, or he was not asked by the USGA about a possibility of being paired with Bryson and Gary Woodland. And he said, and I quote, I don't care who I'm paired with. I'm out there trying to play my own game. That from Brian Wacker. So, first thing, if you're the USGA, what's the best outcome of you asking someone if they want to play with somebody else? That they, they say yes. Say yes, and it still gets – like, you have to assume that everything gets out, right? Like, <laughs> I, I just don't understand why – like, either do it or, or, or don't do it. And, again, there's some – it feels like everybody's, like, you know, CYA – uh, in in just PR mode right now, just trying. Well, it wasn't me, you know. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do anything. <laughs> but the, the the thing with Bryson is like, I think Bryson kind of wants this. Like, Brooks kind of keeps pecking at him, and <laughs> Bryson doesn't really want it. I don't think. I think some. I think his response to it is like, I'll kind of play along, but I'm not really. Which is kind of weird because he's the lesser party, so to speak. He has one major, Brooks has four, whatever. And but the, but the what I'm what I'm getting at here is the easiest way for him to make this go away is to just play with him and get on and move on with it. And and then it gets that rivalry gets kind of folded into the next three, four, five, six years of professional golf. But because and again, if he rejected or back channel rejected whatever happened it kind of prolongs it and it becomes even more of a thing over the next two three four months and into whenever they finally do meet together 
unless they play together on the weekend or whatever. So it's just not a, yeah, the whole thing is just kind of, kind of goofy and not, not the way if you're Bryson to, to really end anything. All right, Greg, you get final word on this. I want to just answer this question you asked coach, right? What could go wrong? Well, I look at the, like what, what can go right? Because here, here's the thing. It's not a question of what's going to happen between Bryson and Brooks in this situation. At the last major championship we had, we had one of the, uh, a, a top 10 at the very least. Some would say top five uh, major championship story. That is, uh, <laughs> remember to some degree, there, there's kind of a, a, a little stain at the end of that event with what happened with the crowd, the PGA of America loses control of the crowd and they're storming. And the, the first thing that Phil Mickelson says about it is that it's un, unnerving. Brooks Kepka is getting dinged in the knee. Like this isn't what we want for our competitors. This isn't what happens in the world of sports. We don't want to, we don't want to subject our competitors to danger like this today. Uh, in a month, I'm sorry, yesterday in a Monday qualifier in Kansas, we had a brawl breakout. <laughs> In a in a corn ferry tour Monday qualifier, a, a fist fight. Somebody's getting arrested at a Monday qualifier on a golf course. So you, you should, have we to. We should have sent coach to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, seriously. If I can call YouTubers and TikTokers, I can call something on the corn. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, Greg. You're the Carry, man this for is it. Your, this is your intersection. Yeah. <laughs> this is your corner. <laughs> These two guys play together. And you're going to need coach to call the action outside the ropes, which is where coach does not want to be. He wants to be inside the ropes. He doesn't want to be outside the ropes. Okay. And outside the ropes is where all the problems lie in this. Bryson and Brooks can handle themselves playing together inside the ropes, but the spectators that we have here in the game, they they've proven over the last little bit that they can't handle this. And this, there would be a fight breakout. Somebody would, somebody would be calling Bryson Brooksy, somebody would stand up for Bryson and all of a sudden you have a brawl and, and it now it looks like the USGA um, incited this near riot. This, this is the kind of thing that turns into a riot outside the ropes. In hey, my wait, opinion. wait, a, wait a second. Wait, a, wait a second. We're talking about Thursday and Friday at the U S open. Yeah. And you're talking about a brawl, potentially a riot. <laughs> Yes. Was your, that's a direct quote. Yes. A riot. Yes. A riot might be strong. <laughs> a riot is it's strong for it's strong for a reason. This is what this is what could go wrong. Great. I mean, Greg, I'm talking pitchforks. You you asked the question. What could go right? I grew up I grew up in the go right. You said yeah. what could go right? You've been in how long you've been in the in the golf? You're one of the most respected people that I know. Maybe not for me, but from a lot of other people. <laughs> You've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And begging. Part of the reason I left ESPN and went to do my own thing is because I wanted to help the golf world get more into 2021, be more entertaining, have more fans. This does that. In an instant, this does that. But now we don't have this storyline to hang on to. And to me, there's so much more good that would have come out of it than bad nary the riot I, I like to see the game of golf grow because of what happens in the game of golf i don't want to see the game of golf 
grow because of a tiff that's happening off the golf course. It it brings in things that aren't necessarily the reason why we love the game. And I don't want to have to change the, I don't want to have to change the game to get people to, to watch it. I want people to watch the game that I love. And maybe that's why, maybe I'm a, a traditionalist and stuck in my ways a little bit, but there, there are values and, and things that this game is beautiful with right it, you used the word respect earlier that that's what our game is full of it's one of the reasons why i love it and it's one of the reasons why i love working with you guys because even when we disagree we keep it respectful but this borders it goes towards that line where things get very disrespectful and at, at times they can get dangerous and i don't think the usga can afford to have that on their hands it happens over the weekend it happens because of, there's nothing you can do about it and now it's a fan behavior problem not a usga problem it happens on thursday and friday becomes a usga problem very quickly um if what i believe to be a likely scenario happens i grew up in philadelphia in the 700 level at veteran stadium i've seen some riots at sporting events so there's been yeah. some stuff that has gone down do you, uh, at that place do you think the hang gliders will fight <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna swoop down and buzz the tower when when they see the riot, they'll swoop down. Yeah, start kicking people. Yeah, I mean you're talking aerial assault. Yeah, I mean this this, this can get bad. <laughs> well, they are uh, not even in the same wave. So Brooks Kepka will go off on this is Thursday seven twenty nine with Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas, while Bryson will play on the opposite wave one fourteen with Tyler Strafacci and Hideki Matsuyama. Those are your parents. Line though, Rick. That that's what that I guess is another layer to this. There's always a reason for these pairings, right? I guess Bryson's is, uh, yeah, Bryson's is, I think, U.S. Open, U.S. Amateur, and Masters champ. Now, they would have normally done, the I think, the Open champion, but we we didn't have one last year, so I think that was a little bit different. And then the Brooks, the Brooks group is just... Three dudes. Three stud Americans? Yeah. Morikawa, Thomas, Kepka, Something like that? I guess. I, I guess. guess. Three PGA oh. champions. There you go. Yeah, that, there that, it is. Three PGA okay. champions. I knew there had to be something else there. <laughs> I, knew we had three. I just can can I can I touch us off here on the Brooks? Of course. Stuff? Yeah. I, I like again. This prolongs it. Like what what is, what are they going to do? I mean, as as compelling as Coach's scenario is, they're just going to go to the first tee and fist bump and like not talk for five hours. Like it would be just a bunch of nothing, and this kind of it gives life to it. It elongates it, and, I, and we're making fun of Greg about the rioting thing, but like I, I think there's something to the fact that it would ju it could turn into a circus if you paired them together. So depending on how you like, if you in, if you have enjoyed this, it's going to continue, and if you haven't, and, and if you want it to end, the way to end it was to pair them together for 36 holes at the biggest you know, uh, open uh, tournament in this country and let them just talk about nothing, the NFL for four hours. Cause that's what it would be. They're, they're not going to, are they going to like punch each other? No. Like what? No, what, Bryson what do, and Brooks definitely are. What do people think is going to happen? This is all just posturing. It's all peacocking. And mm. good work. Uh, yeah, shout out to our friends at NBC. You're calling the event this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could have watched them in the future on the Peacock Network.
<laughs> that's what that's what it is. It's peacocking on the peacock channel. <laughs> and now we just get more of it into the end of the PGA Tour year. So if you like it, then I guess you like the USGA not pairing them together because it's just going to continue. I'm going to make a hard pivot here, gentlemen. Phil Mickelson has uh, continued to remind us that he is the most recent major champion. Well-deserved. Do not get me wrong. But unless he goes out, coach, and completes the career grand slam, uh, he's not going to be able to say that anymore in about a week. And I think your storyline is very much in the line of, what would he have to do? Can he truly dial it back? Can he truly play the style of golf that it takes to become victorious at a U.S. Open? We didn't think that he could do it at the PGA, and that's why his number was so long when it comes to uh, betting on him. And certainly that number has come down, but it's certainly at a level that if you bet on him, uh, you're going to be very, very happy. But this goes bigger, obviously, than the betting angle of it. And the fact that this isn't the number one storyline uh, speaks volumes to how big the Bryson and Brooks stuff truly is. But if Phil wants to be successful this week, think about the bow that can be put on the story. When and and we're all we're all storytellers. We've been doing it for years. But think of the story that six times a second place finisher, then wins at 50 years old, and now he goes back to the place that he called home, the place that he cut his teeth, the place that that he you know he redid just a few years ago. To me, this has all the makings of an incredible story in golf and to win two majors in a row at 50 years old, that even takes it to a a whole nother level. But can he play the game that's necessary at this golf course? I'm not going to say no, but he's going to have to drive the ball great. And he doesn't do that very often. So uh, maybe a lot of stingers, a lot of that low stuff, because from what he says, uh, the course is playing very, very fast, very, very hard. And if he can do that, Who's to say he can't do it? But I don't think he can, but prove me wrong. Greg, we didn't – that's exactly right. We didn't think he could do it at Kiowa. Uh, I I don't think he can do it here. But just a couple of weeks ago, he, he proved us all wrong. How does his game and what we might have saw at the PGA Championship line up for a potential run at the Career Grand Slam? Well, um, just to say very clearly, Rick, uh, I mean, I didn't think he'd win another PGA Tour event, let alone a major. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but he did a couple of things at the PGA that that is the reason why I didn't think he could win a PGA Tour event. I didn't think he could drive it as straight as he did at a at a PGA Championship while maintaining distance. He didn't give up distance. I thought he'd have to go to you know a kind of a go to low fade coach used the word stinger find a go-to get it in play shot and play that kind of game but he didn't do that he he just got his swing where he could still hit it really far and he could stripe it and can he do that at a u.s open was he accurate enough um with the wider fairways at Kiowa island was he really is he really in that good a form where when when the penalty for miss uh, increases the way it will this week. Um, can he maintain that? He's still one of the best wedge players in the world. Um, and I, I think that always gives him a chance. The focus improved. I didn't think he could really improve the focus the way that he did. Now, can he withstand that? Was this a one-off? Was this something that he really understands how to do now? I, it's just so unlikely that somebody wins back-to-back majors um, it's so unlikely that somebody over the age of 50 wins on the PGA tour wins a major. Uh, my lean is no, but, um, 
man, it, it's really hard for me to say that because of what he did to me at the PGA championship. <laughs> I, my, my storyline was kind of, uh, okay. So let me, let me zoom this out a little bit that what we saw in 2008, the last time the U S open was played at Torrey Pines was pure magic, right? It's, it's one for the ages. It's tiger and Rocco in a Monday playoff that has to go to a 19th hole. It's the let it's everything. Right. And, and KP, I was kind of thinking, what could even top 2008? What could happen that could top 2008? Phil winning would be pretty darn close, man. I don't know. It would. That's probably the closest thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I was thinking about this too. What could top the first two? Like, what would be a more meaningful major than the first two of this year? Right? With Hideki. But that was a huge deal. And then Phil was probably an even bigger deal. Maybe not globally, but at least kind of in, you know, in, in the United States. Um, it, this, it's it, like we are definitely due for a um, name somebody, like, name somebody. Well, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I like a like a like a Bo Hogue winner. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right. You're just like, what? Can I get his? Coach's phone number is dad. Can I somebody like I need some I need some color here. Uh, we're, we're definitely due for that because we've had some just really really great major championships. And but I was thinking about that too. I mean, what better you know kind of book into the Tiger from 08 would a fill? It, you know, it would be insane. I think he finished T eighteen that year. Uh, but a fill in 2021 would be a perfect kind of tour. I mean, USGA would go to Tory for every event, not just every. They'd go to US <laughs> Amateur. They'd go Women's US. I mean, it, they would go there all the time if if Phil was able to do it this week. But a, again, it's you know he goes out and misses the cut at Colonial, and you're like, it it, it just. I, I almost feel like what's going to happen over the next couple of years is going to make Kiowa seem even more improbable and even crazier kind of like how tiger completely fell off after his 2019 masters win so i hope not i hope he contends but it's just like coach said just incredibly unlikely is there anything remotely close that could top phil Witt? like what would be a bigger i mean what are the other what's the oh, other Bryson history brooks in the final group on sunday oh, oh god oh great yeah talk to me <laughs> yes yeah i'd be here for that but I, I mean, you get to end if the tournament ends on a pass interference call or something. <laughs> <laughs> but what if we had a little rain on Saturday, so they had to go threesomes on yep. Sunday, and you had Phil Brooks and Bryson. There you the go. Group. That would be yeah. awesome. That would be dirty. What's the I other think, history? If Brooks if Brooks wins his third, I mean that'd yeah, be pretty so, short list. So Brooks can tie Tiger and Hale Irwin with three. Okay. And at that point, I think only Jack and Hogan have since World War II, only Jack and Hogan have four. So that I mean and this is kind of what I'm saying, is like Brooks is like toying with this guy who's got one major, and we're talking about him alongside Tiger and Jack and Hogan. And we're kind of it almost sells him it sells his place historically a little bit short just kind of all the nonsense that's gone on with with bryson i completely agree 
Bobby Jones has four. That's post or uh, pre World War II. So Kyle, yeah. absolutely correct. Bobby Jones with four. Willie Anderson won 1901, 1903, 1904, 1905. Four out of five years for old Willie. Pretty good golf being played. He might have won at Wingfoot. Nah, Wingfoot was probably after that. He might have won at like the Myopia Hunt Club or something. He won at Baltus Roll. Wow. That was one of them. The original course, it says. Nineteen oh three. That's the driving range now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what is it out the parking lot? Um, okay, uh, I'm going to move us on to betting cards, but KP, unless you have a storyline that you would like to offer up here. Yeah, just real quick. I heard Jeff Ogilvie talking on the Fried Egg podcast with Andy Johnson, and he was talking about uh, the rough at um, at Torrey Pines and how it's this Kakuya, and it's it's weird because sometimes right. balls will kind of sit up in it, but other times they'll go way down and you can't get them out at all. Correct. And it kind of made – I don't want to talk about the rough because that will be talked about all week, but it made me think about we've seen – and we talked about this on Sunday with me, you, and Greg – We've seen the last five years, it's really like 10 guys that can win. It's Woodland, uh, DJ, uh, Brooks, Bryson, you know, the guys that have that have, that are in that kind of class of being able to hit it as far as they do. And, and Bryson talked about that on Tuesday. He said, look, I'm just going to try to hit it as far as I can. And when I don't hit the fairway, I'm going to wedge out where I need to. And it's like, God, that... That just feels like that doesn't feel like what we just saw at Kila, right? Where all, there's all the strategy and the wind and these angles and uh, like that's a much more compelling type of major championship to me. But my question is like, do, do guys that don't hit it 340 even have a chance? They didn't at Bethpage. Um, they they did, you know, we, the guys we saw in the final pairing, at, even at Wingfoot, which is sp- supposedly the angles and all that stuff, were Matthew Wolf and Bryson, maybe the two longest guys in the field. So I just wonder if the modern U.S. Open even allows somebody who doesn't hit at 340 to contend. And, and I'm curious to see how that plays out this week. The, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find a case for that not being true i'm trying i'm trying to say oh mark leishman missed every single fairway at the farmers and and won that week but that was an anomaly and it's going to be way up and way different course i mean even if you look at the rest of that top 10 leaderboard from wings foot which of course is only one event i mean louis was third harris english xander dj zalatoris finau rory jt i mean it's yeah bomb bombers that's what it is and like i think that I'm, i think that a morikawa can win a u.s open at tory pines but I think his margin for error is is minuscule. And I don't think the margin of error for Finau, Bryson, DJ, Rory is it is that small. I think it's a lot bigger for those guys than it is for a column mark. Yeah. It also to do with that carry distance, right? Because when you talk about hitting it into the rough, Bryson hits it so high. So much of his distance is in the air. So if he misses a fairway, he's still gained all that all of his club head speed is still a huge advantage where yeah. if the balls, if you're relying on distance on uh, partially on the ground, like Colin Morikawa, Oh, it's not playing that long. Cause it's really fast. The ball's rolling. You miss a fairway in the air. And all of a sudden that you're, you're losing 50 yards of distance because you missed the fair. So now you're in the rough and you lost 50 yards where some of those bombers don't have, they don't lose that advantage. So it is an yep. interesting story. Yeah, for sure. That's a great that's a great point, Greg. I'm just thinking about if Phil were to win. I mean, what would he 
what would he drink out of the U.S. Open trophy? Would it be Arnold Palmer spiked? Because it's 5% <laughs> ABV. It is all the classic flavors. It's lemonade. It's iced tea. It's great for the summer. It's great indoors. It's great outdoors. I've been drinking it by the pool. I've been drinking it in the on the golf course, in the cart. It is just about everything I need. And you can find Arnold Palmer spiked in a store near you at arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first or search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. That's arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. What, what, what would you drink out of it, Greg? This is not, I'm not teeing you up for an Arnold Palmer spike. That I'm just well, genuinely. I can't curious. think of anything else. <laughs> it, it would be Arnold Palmer spikes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Let's talk about our betting cards, gentlemen. This is, if you're new, if you're watching, we take $100, 100 units, whatever you want to call we take them over to our friends at william hill and we spend them and we try to make as much as we can and we make fun of each other when we get them wrong coach let's start with your betting card because okay. i have it handy and producer jacob is going to pull it up here and we're going to take these slow this is the u.s open mega preview pod i'm going to pick a couple of these to start with how about this one jordan right. spieth top former winner plus 450 and i'll also throw in colin morikawa of group B that's on William Hill. He is plus three seventy five. So I can rattle off some of the past champions here, but of all of them, you like speed at four and a half to one on your money. I do. Cause I love the plus four fifty. Cause all he has to do is be Brooks, DJ, Rory Webb, Bryson. I mean, that's easy to do, right? But plus four fifty, I'm willing to bet that he can do it. And then the return on that, and I'm only giving 10 bucks is pretty good. Because when you look at the guys that I'm talking about, Really, there's nobody playing great golf right now better than what Jordan Spieth is. It's not a bad bet when you look at the names. Yeah, they're huge names, but they're not playing great golf. Uh, more common to win uh, Group B. The three biggest names in that group are Cantlay, Rory, and Justin Thomas. And again, Cantlay played great at the Memorial. To me, that's an anomaly because he always plays great at the Memorial. But you take him out of Muirfield Village, he's not playing great golf. So... Uh, to me, these are two pretty good bets. And at the number, I love them. And then you continue a fade of Justin Thomas with a Tony Finau over Justin Thomas bet. And your other matchup, Rory McIlroy, getting plus money. That's plus 110 over one of the most popular golfers this week, Xander Shoffley. Yeah, I'm really leaning into the bomber uh, storylines. that, uh, and, and plus, let's remember, other than this past uh, January or February, whenever the tournament was, Xander just doesn't make the cut on this golf course. He just doesn't. You know, he did this past one, but other than that, this is his hometown. He just doesn't play well here. So Rory over Xander to me was easy. Plus, I'm getting plus money in that bet. Love that. And then Finau's a bomber. Now, I know Justin Thomas is a bomber too, but he's just not playing good golf right now. And so give me Tony Finau to not play great, maybe not even have a top 20 finish, but he's going to play good enough to beat Justin Thomas, who is not driving the ball well. And we just talked about it. If you can't drive on this course, you cannot play on this course. Two Louis Oosthuizen wagers. One, a three ball, plus 175 over Daniel Berger and Webb Simpson. And the other, just a straight matchup over Jacob. Jacob. Hit it, Jacob. Jacob. This is tough to watch. Oh, what, boy. What, wait a second. It just hit me for a second. I was like, what are you doing for? <laughs> 
Were you getting ready to play that stupid sounder, Paul Casey? Give me Paul Casey there. Are you yeah, kidding? That's right. Listen, listen. Quick story. <laughs> quick, quick story. So I know Rick saw this. My my kids and I did a U.S. Open draft on uh, Tuesday or Monday night, where we, yeah. we picked a, a bunch of different guys. Like we, there was different categories: top ten, top fifty, former winners, non-Americans. And my daughter, who's eight, gets down to it's her last, the last pick, and she has to take a non-American, and she takes Paul Casey. And I'm walking around the kitchen saying, give me Paul Casey, give me Paul Casey. <laughs> and my, and my, my whole family is like, what, what's wrong? Like, what ha- what's wrong with him? Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't explain it. I'm just, I'm, I'm a psycho. Oh my God. That would be I will great. say what? my wife occasionally watches the show and she is in love with give me Paul Casey drop. <laughs> so she'll, I can't just shout it out. Cause I I'll say it anytime. Like. Uh, calls on the TV in the background, and Paul Casey comes up. You just give, we both do it. Give me, give me Paul Casey. Oh my there, god! There are two names that I can't read without thinking about. G- g- give me Paul Casey. Another one is Ricky Fowler. That's yeah. how I- <laughs> Ricky Fowler. <laughs> I love that one. You know what's crazy is the event that I did this weekend in Miami. It was like YouTubers and TikTokers that had like 20, 30, 40 million followers. It's the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. The one thing they didn't want to do is become a meme or a GIF. That was their biggest issue for the entire night. Don't hey. make me a meme. Don't make me a GIF. Well, I, ask, well ask Kyle about how, how that I, changes your life. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an audio meme or an audio GIF, and I can live with that. But I'm glad I could uh, supply the content for you guys I was, in your personal lives. I was hanging out with friends uh, like Sunday or Monday, and they're, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, to Torrey on Tuesday. And they're like, hey, do you think you'll be a meme on the internet again? Like, will, I be, will I be able to see you again? That's great. Oh, oh that's great. great. Yeah, you know, all of this work I've done over over eight years, and that's what that's what you guys want to talk about. Hey, there you go. There you, you go. Got to do. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Coach, so Louis stays in over yeah. Burger, over yeah. Webb, and a, a separate matchup over Paul Casey. Yeah, the reason I picked Louis Ustazen is, let's be honest, he's the, he's the classic grinder. And when you envision, you know how NBC does the, you know, that that late Saturday afternoon when they put like the four names in the lower corner and you hear Dan Hicks and whoever else talking about grinding it out and grinding it out. Louis is one of those grinders. He's one of those guys. So I had to lean into it and take him over Paul Casey. And then also in a three-way because to me, the distance is really going to hurt Berger and Webb. So I like him at plus 175. And then finally, Colin Morikawa to finish inside the top yeah. 10. You're getting two to one on your money. Yeah, the reason I didn't play him to to win is I just think it's very difficult to do that. And so for me, I think he can win this week. And I think potentially he will win this week. Uh, but I wanted to really I'm, – I'm, I'm it's a slow burn for me. And so I didn't want to put the money on him to win just to, to, to finish in the top 10. All right. Thank you very much, Coach. That is your betting card. And we're going to go to mine next because I think that's a perfect segue because uh, I also have a little bit of love for Colin Morikawa. So P- producer Jacob is going to pull mine up. And 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 Greg, I'll just I'll just spoil it right here. I've got Colin Morikawa to win this golf tournament at 22 to 1 with the idea of it being huge question mark, the putter. Always been the question mark. He's got four wins. 
He's got a major championship. Yeah. He's going to probably hit more fairways than most of these guys. And when he gets an iron or, as well, or a wedge in his hands, he's just he's just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I do think you could see um, a, a different kind of story here with this rough. It, it could be where even the really long hitters struggle getting to the green, um, at, like even a Bryson after hitting these tee shots. And if that's the case then Colin Morikawa has a real advantage. So I'm not quite sure how it's going to play out. I think that's why it's a great storyline to watch Kyle's storyline there. Um, but, but there's definitely a pathway where Colin Morikawa can win this tournament. Um, he is does. That, what's that Kyle? Is that, is that because of the, like, cause of the way the rough is set? Like what, why, why do you yeah. say that? Yeah. Because the rough's so sticky. It, it's a little bit different. It, um, and and when it goes right to the bottom like that and it's heavy and it's thick, it's going to be hard to get it even in, you know, an, a nine iron out with any degree of consistency. And I, I yeah. think it's going to be harder to hit it as high. Now, look, these guys, they have a way of proving me wrong all the time. Um, I, I always remark at the announcers on the course. They look at a lie in the rough and say, geez, he's dead. And they pull off this great shot. So they're look, they're really good. And not, my instinct is they will be able to get out of the rough. Um, but we have seen, like I remember Bryson at the Genesis kind of having a hard time in the rough there at Riviera. So maybe the Kikuya is a little bit tougher than the bent grass was at winged foot. And I think that creates a path for Morikawa. I know the rough is going to be talked about ad nauseum this week, but Kaku, it is it is so hard. It is yeah. so hard. It is so thick. It is such a it is such a deviant strain of grass that if you want to get rid of it, you have to burn the whole thing out. I mean, it is just it is so tough. Yeah, hardy, hardy. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, KP, I'm back on the Sam Burns bandwagon. Top 10, 7-1 to one on my money. Sam Burns played well here in January. Since then, he's won a golf tournament. He probably should have won two more. He's long enough. He's good enough with his irons. I'm taking him inside the top 10. Do you put a lot of stock on, on January, Tory? Yes and no. I think that uh, Tory is very consistent from year to year at the Farmers Insurance Open. You usually get yeah. the same exact thing. It's it's very, very consistent, which I like. And it's not completely out of character for it to host a U.S. Open. It's it's thick, rough. It's firm and fast. It's Poana Greens. That's the tricky part about it. So I think this course, more than most, I am I am giving a bit of a nod to the January or previous Farmers results. Yeah, I, I think that I think. I think there's some a lot of fairness in there. Um, I, I'm more interested actually in your hat and over Scheffler because that's one that I have maybe going the other way. And uh, I was curious about why you had Hatton over over Scotty there. Well, as much as I like Scotty Scheffler, Terrell Hatton, and I know it was the Palmetto, just scorched everybody from Tita Green last week. It wasn't wasn't yeah. even wasn't even close. Lost three strokes putting. You uh, you say this all the time. What a good long iron player he is. Uh, won at Bay Hill, difficult course, deep field. I just I like uh, I like old Ty Hatton's chances this week. I'll tell you what, if you if you want to make it interesting, we can make it a little interesting. If you want the other side of this, yeah, let's do it. How about oh, this? Oh, let's go. How about this? How about a case of Arnold Palmer spiked? Would you like to do that? Yeah, I love it. I don't know how much that costs. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to look for. But Rick knows. Rick knows how much it costs. 
like 20 bucks. <laughs> it's like 20, 20 or 25 bucks. Depending on <laughs> what kind of case. Uh, you know, it's 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 the 24-ounce tall cans. It's all that good stuff. You can find it at all your local supermarkets or on Instacart and Drizzly. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to pay this off with a Arnold Palmer spiked a case for the winner. I have Tyre, Terrell Hatton. Kyle, you have Scotty Scheffler. If they both miss the cut, push it. Yeah, you yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah, I like Love it. it. Let's do it. I'm in. Love it. All right. And that leaves me with one more bet, coach. And I actually think you're on the other side of this one as well. I might be on the hook for two cases of Arnold Palmer spiked here. I've got Brooks Kepka at what I feel is a number that is much too long, plus 138 over John Rahm. The hype is real for Rahm. There are no knocks against him. I just think this number is too long on Kepka. Well, I've got two things to say to that. <laughs> First and foremost, you're right. It is. Secondly, <laughs> How deep are your pockets, son? Because you're damn right I'm on the John Rom bandwagon. You're damn right that I think he's going to come in. Did you see his press conference? How classy he was about all oh, the PGA Tour did the right thing. I knew when I was in protocol I had a chance to get COVID. The man is fresh. He is ready. There are no skeletons in his closet based off the COVID nonsense. So how deep are your pockets, Rick G? There are at least two cases of Arnold Palmer spike deep if you want in on this. Let's go! Let's, Let's do it. Go. <laughs> I'm in! I'm in! Let's go, KP! Let's drink together, boy! Let's drink together! I love that I've got two matchups here, and I got bets on, on both ah. sides of them. <laughs> like, this, is, this is great. This is going perfect for me right now. So just to recap, my best bet, Brooks Kepka over John Rahm. That is a Arnold Palmer spiked bet with Coach. I have Kepka. He has Rahm. I have Hatton. Kyle has Scotty Scheffler. And then Sam Burns to finish inside the top 10 and Colin Morikawa to win the golf tournament. That is my betting card, which means... Coach yeah. and I are going to meet halfway between San Diego and Laguna on Sunday night and just toast some Arnold Palmer to. You'll to be an Oceanside. Time. You'll be an Oceanside drinking Arnold Palmer spiked. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Greg, we're going to pull up your card here and I'm going to start with your matchups and I'm going to break them up a little bit here. So let's start at the bottom of my list. Justin Rose, a decent number, plus 200 over Cam Smith and Paul Casey. You also took Brooks Kepka plus 200 over Bryson and Xander. Let's, let's start. Oh, let me throw this one in too. Oh no, that's a duplicate. You have Rose over Smith and Casey on here twice. So let's yep. start with those ones and see what we're, what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I really only did it once. Um, but I, I so Rose over Smith and Casey. Um, Casey, man, he's we we got a couple. We got too many against him right now. I, I don't know if I like that. But Justin Rose at this golf course, I think, does very well. Uh, he's not necessarily hitting the ball great, but over the past couple of years, he's turned into more of a grinder where he always used to lean on ball striking. And I I am not a huge fan of it. I think he made a big mistake um, in 2018. I've talked about that at length, but I I don't mind it for majors. And when you go to a place like the Farmers Insurance Open. Open, um, where he won right after this equipment change, he won without really knowing where his ball was going. And the reason is his short game was great. And you can lean on short game at, uh, at Torrey Pines. Short game is extremely important at Torrey Pines. And I, I think um, that gives Justin Rose the opportunity to, um, to contend here. You're also not going to have to get to 20 under par. You're not going to have to go crazy low this week to contend that benefits a Justin Rose. He's a, a fierce competitor. I think he can take down Cam Smith, who doesn't have a great record here, um, although he does have a great short game, and Paul Casey, 
who uh, that's really where this contest really lies for me. Casey worries me, but I think Justin Rose can get the job done. Um, next, we went with the Kepka over yeah. Bryson and Xander. Um, I, I think Kepka is just a gamer, and I kind of like that number as well. I think it's a little bit too long. Xander has a great record in U.S. Opens, um, and it gives me some fear. But Brooks Kepka has 11 top five finishes in 28 major championship attempts. He has... 14 top 10 half the time he tees it up in a major it's a top 10 and i I think that at plus 200 i I think it's just too good and too good a number so i really like kepka in this i I have a funny feeling that he's gonna turn the corner this week from last week and i think he got a little bit of the rust gone last week he's gonna flip the switch again like he always does and i think he's really gonna contend Two more three balls. Victor Hovland plus 188 over Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. And then your best bet, Scotty Scheffler plus 175 over Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zaltors. Yeah, so I'll start there with Scheffler. I I, um, I I really like Scotty Scheffler this week, which is why I'm I'm taking this as my best bet. Only not because I'm against Hideki and Zalatoris. Uh, I do think those guys could play well here, but I, I think Scotty Scheffler has a chance of winning this tournament. And in in the things that I really value at at the Farmers, uh, I keep saying the Farmers at Tory Pines. <laughs> the things I really value at Tory Pines are the things Scotty Scheffler does very well. He's extremely long off the tee, but also extremely accurate. So he kind of fits the. Either way, the rough storyline plays out. I think Scotty Scheffler is going to be in good shape. He hits it 304 yards off the tee for the year. He's 35th. He hits over 65% of his fairways. Those two things combined is, is very rare. And I, I really like that about him. And then at, you you look at what he does around the greens. He's 30th in strokes gained around the greens. Um, and, and I think that's going to go a long way for Scotty Scheffler this week. Uh, can I jump in real yeah, quick? Please. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you know, we, I host a little show called the early edge, uh, powered <laughs> by sports line. Uh, and whenever you have a two to one bet, we like those odds. Would you agree? Two to one, two to one. Good bet. So yeah. I'm going to offer, I'm going to offer you two to one. Oh, this is your best bet. I'll oh. take the decky and Will Zalatoris and oh. I'll buy two cases of Arnold Palmer spice. <laughs> If Scheffler wins his bet, but if he does not, you buy me one. Are you in or are you out? I am in. Wow. We all got action. I love it. All right. How about this? So that means, here we go. Let me see if I can recap this. Greg's got Scotty Scheffler to beat Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zalatoris in a three ball. Uh, Coach has the opposite side, of course, Hideki and Zalatoris. If Coach loses, so if, if, if Greg wins, Coach will send him two cases. If Greg loses, he will send Coach one. And if they yep. all miss the cut, these are the that's terms. Sad. If they both miss the cut, push. If they all, all miss the cut, it push. Right? Yeah. Coach might have to. Coach might have to redirect his one from Rick. I was going to gonna say I'm going to lose both, and I'm going to have to send both mine to Greg. <laughs> 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 or I guess one to you. I'll send like three out. Oh, jeez. Um, I cannot wait. I'm gonna we drink. Get, we did. We let's just send the bill to Mark, and we can all just trade. Oh, trade. Yeah, that'd be great. Hey, Mark, did you know that you got bets against all of us? <laughs> you lost. And you lost them all. <laughs> um, Greg, your your betting card wraps with three outrights. 
Yep. One on, one on John Rahm, the favorite. One on Brooks Kepka, two-time winner. And one on Patrick Cantlay, the man who just hoisted a trophy in, in Dublin, Ohio. So I think it's... The looking at John Rahm and his mod, like I really like Scotty Scheffler and what he does in the format and why he's going to do well. Well, John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay both take that to another level. They do everything that I like at Torrey Pines exceptionally well. Uh, the only thing I can find in my mind about John Rahm and why he's not going to win this tournament is that it's too good to be true. And yep. when you're at that point, nine to one's a great number. And it's too good to be true. I mean, the the reason why he's not going to win is just because of golf. There, there's not a real reason. It's just the game of golf is is hard. So I, I have to get a little bit of action in on John Rom because if if I don't, I'm going to feel silly. Um, Patrick Cantlay, I feel very strong about his game. I think his putting really improved at the Memorial. He is excellent in short game. He's second in scrambling on tour for the season, and he drives it really, really long, and he's great with his irons, and he's he's just an excellent all-around player. And I believe the poor performance before the Memorial is more of the anomaly, and I really think that he's back. I think he's comfortable with the new style putter, which should help him on some of those critical short putts at Torrey Pine. So I, I really like Cantlay as well. Um, and I like the number. And then and then Kepka, I, I alluded to his performance in major championships beforehand. And if um, it, it, this is kind of like fear of missing out, it, it, <laughs> the, the chances that Kepka is going to be contending is so high this week that I can't miss out on it. And I think it's a pretty good number, too. So I, I got to get action in on these three guys because I felt like my card couldn't go without an outright on Kepka, Rom, and Cantlay this week. I would. I wish I could bet on Brooks to be inside the top three after 54 holes and outside the top 12 after uh, the, the full tournament. <laughs> wow. Rick, have you noticed how the lines, like how the numbers have changed on this tournament? It, it was really bunched for a while with Rom slightly ahead. And now everything is separated. Rom's way out in front and you've He's got... Taking- You've got you've got everybody else dropping to like 16, 18, tw- Rory's at twenty. I mean, it 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 really like there's there a, a bunch of separation got created over the last week or so. Once once it turned to U.S. Open week and and the money started rolling in, it rolled in on Rom and and they yeah. they they separated it, which I actually find we didn't even talk about this. John Rom had a six shot lead at Memorial, and I know. He is a completely different player than Chess and Hadley. Trust me. But everyone graded that as a win. And the guy who beat Hadley, Garrett Higo, was seven shots back entering the final round. So, like, maybe we should have just handed it to Chess and Hadley. It's it, it could have Rom could have lost that event. So you're saying it would have been better for Chesson's career just to withdraw after 54 holes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we would have remembered it differently for sure. Uh, but yeah, so so Rom, that's the last thing we saw about Rom. And, and of course, it's Tory and the money's just pouring in on him, pouring it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Greg. Uh, we're going to go to Kyle's betting card here. And KP, I'm going to start with your two matchups. No surprise here because we have a wager on one. It's Scotty Scheffler over Terrell Hatton. And the other one, Colin Moore. Oh. Am I reading this right? This is Kyle Porter has wagered against Jordan Spieth. He's taken Colin Morikawa no, over no, no. Jordan Spieth. Defend yourself. I, I don't like Spieth here. He do, he does not play Tory well. He has not listen. How, how about this? He he doesn't have a top. I think it's top twenty five at a U.S. Open since he won at Chambers Bay. 
he, he has not played the U.S. Open very well. And I think that's – it's not – it's not super surprising, right? Like he plays Augusta well because you can afford to be all over the planet as Phil has shown us for 20 years and you can still play Augusta well. You can't really necessarily do that at a U.S. Open. And he just, he, he's not played very well at U.S. Open since that 2015 win. The two three balls on your card are Tony Finau over Morikawa and Patrick Cantley. That's plus 188. And then Louis Ustase in over Webb Simpson and Daniel Berger. I believe Coach had that one, plus 175. Yeah, Finau's got uh, – I can't remember the number. He's He's got uh, – I think it's like eight top tens in his last 16 majors. I mean, it's something crazy. And he finished second here in January. He plays Tory. He's one of the top three guys over the last 10 years at Tory in general. And let me read you, uh, let's see here. Let me read you Louis's U S open record over the last six years. So 2015, he was T2, T23, T23, T16, T7 and third. Wow. So he makes, wow. he makes cuts and he top 25s everything. And so that's just kind of what I'm, um, and somebody else had this. It might have been Coach over over Webb and, and Berger. I don't I don't love Webb here. Um, I just don't. It, it's just a hard tournament. He has to be perfect in a way that a lot of other guys don't have to. This and is this, pretty. Let me jump in real quick because we try to educate people at home that may not be familiar, Rick. And this is a great chance, guys. To if you like a player and you don't like his number, add a third player like me and KP have done that really you don't like, and it brings the number way down and you get a plus 175 instead of what it would be head-to-head. Sorry, Rick. Yeah. No, by all means, please. Um, the Tony Finau, you know, Wikipedia top 10s are pretty amazing. So he's got two of them in two attempts this year, two out of three last year, two out of four in 2019, and three out of four in 2018. That's it's crazy. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's insane. Phenomenal. I mean, there, there's Phenomenal. like a, Phenomenal. Thanks, that's great. There's, there's like a, there's like four or five guys that are not your, in your Brooks Bryson, uh, or Brooks DJ Bryson Rory kind of tier that they just top 10 and top 20 constantly. One of them's Louie, one mm-hmm. of them's Finau and specifically at major championships. And then Hideki has been really good. We'll get to him in a second at us opens. And, there's a couple others as well, but you can, I think you can find a lot of value in that kind of second, maybe two and a half, second and a half tier of, of player at a tournament like this. So that leaves you with three bets that we haven't discussed. Shane Lowry, top Irish player, plus 150. Hideki Matsuyama, plus 125 to finish inside the top 20. And back to Louie for your best bet, also a top 20 there, plus 150. Yeah, the Lowry thing, he's been playing really well. I wanted to have him on something, and this is basically just a bet against Rory's considered in that Irish group. Okay. And Rory has missed three of his last five U.S. Open cuts. He's kind of contended at the last two, but before that it was three in a row. Uh, Didn't play very good at the PGA. And Lowry's been awesome. Like He's been really good. And I think if you look at Lowry, it's like, well, he might be overwhelmed by the length. Well, he finished second at Oakmont. Oakmont is, is, is uh, pretty pretty hefty. It's a pretty pretty big boy course. And then the Louis I've talked about, Hideki. I've got Hideki's numbers here too. So the last uh, – his U.S. Open finishes since 2017, T2, T16, T21, T17. So 
he's not contending to win, but he's right there in those top 20, top 25 range. Uh, pretty, pretty consistently. All right. Thank you very much, Kyle. Let me recap our best bets here. Mine is Brooks Kepka over John Rom. Kyle's is Louis Tazen uh, to finish inside the top 20 at plus 150. Coach Jordan Speeth, top former winner, plus 450. Greg went with Scotty Scheffler in a three ball, plus 175 over Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zalatoris. And we called Sia, and he told us his best bet is Tony Finau over Justin Thomas, which, gentlemen, leaves us with one thing left to do. It is the one and done, which has gotten a hair more competitive in the last couple of weeks, but not for you, coach. So we're going to start down with your <laughs> picks at the bottom here. That Sorry. Was, I was a, kind of a shot fired. Coach. AP, it wasn't kind of shot fired. It was a direct shot fired. It was a direct shot hit. <laughs> There's nothing I can say about it. Sometimes you just got to take it. Sometimes you just got to take it. We're going to start a new season here soon. All right, coach. Uh, this is, I believe we've got, what do we have? 2 million up top. Is that what it is this week? 2.25, I think. I think it's a, that would be really tasty. That would yeah, be really tasty. 2.25. This is, this is your chance, coach. Let's hear who you're picking for this week's one and done. Now, I looked at my entire page, <laughs> and I believe I can pick this person. I believe I can. I'll confirm. Louis, Louis Ustazen. I love it. You're yes! good. Yes. <clears throat> Come on. I would take a second. That's over a million. I'd take a second. I would take a second. Love it first. I would take a second. <laughs> Louis good at getting you seconds. That might that might pan out. Okay. So that is Louis Ustazen for coach. Producer Jacob has uh done a little bit of of work. He has earned about a million bucks, 911,000 over the last seven weeks or so. And now he's at 3.7 million for the season. So producer Jacob, tell us who you're taking this week. We're going to go with Brooks Kepka this week. You know, oh, Brooksy. Greg, Brooksy. Charm, uh, you know, FOMO. I don't want to miss out on this. <laughs> Back to 2019, Brooks had a firsthand look at history whenever he saw Tiger win the Masters. What did he do? <laughs> He went out and he won the PGA. Brooks just saw Phil win the PGA. He's going to say, I should have won that. He's going to go out and win the U.S. Open. I mean, he's already like, he's in he's in Bryson's head rent-free, despite whatever Bryson is saying on Twitter. I think it's it's pretty obvious. So we're going to go with Brooks Kepka. I think he's going to lap Bryson this week. This I, is I, a pretty I, good take. Arnold Palmer spike on that too. But I don't know. <laughs> this is... Uh... This is, I like that, seeing it up close and personal uh, and getting a little, you know, a little motivation from it. I like that. He was sent off last week at the Palmetto Championship. He was, he was out <laughs> so before he here, on on one on Thursday. Here's a take related to that. Maybe Brooks looked at Phil and he's like, I can't, I can't punch up. Like, I can't, like, Phil kind of, Phil kind of like, Put him in his place a little bit. Phil, and so Brooks, Phil pants do it on on Sunday. Yeah, I couldn't think of a way to say that without getting fired. Uh, <laughs> I uh, and so maybe he's looking at Bryson and saying, "Well, that guy's got one. I'll just go after him." Like he's just kind of it's fish in a barrel a little bit. I yeah, like yeah, it. Kind of makes me kind of want to say like pick on someone your own size. Yeah, right? yeah. Like talk to Rory about that. Rory, go talk to yeah, you know, Steve. yeah. Greg, 
you're losing touch, my friend. You're at 6.7 million. Kyle has passed you. Mark has passed you. But I'm feeling good for your chances this week because I think you've already earned. Yeah, you already have a $2 million winner in, in your purse. You took Dustin yeah. Johnson at the November Masters. Got you 2.07. Yeah. You're looking for your second $2 million winner of the year. In November, I went with the best possible choice on the board, which was mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson. I had him available. I played him. Um, and and thankfully, I'm hanging on to that victory still at this point. Um, this <laughs> so week, <is> he. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so is he. This week, I'm doing the same thing. The best player on the board, if, if I had every player available, who would I go with? Um, it's a guy in John Rom who I still have. So I have to play John Rom this week. There's no other option. Um, John Rom. Oh, damn it. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I'm saying, damn it. I'm $4 million. <laughs> 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 Hey, that's why we love you, Coach. You're passionate no matter what. Scratching and clawing. I'm trying, damn it. I'm trying. KP, you are $600,000 clear of Greg. You're about $600,000 behind Mark. You're right in the midst of this sandwich here. You had the win last week, or at least of of us, you got the win. You got $411,000 from Terrell Hatton thanks to his like eight-way tie for second. There is a big chance you could make up some ground. You could make a move this week. Who do you like? Yeah, I took John Rahm at the last U.S. Open. I also took him at the November Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I should probably be disqualified from the entire event for that. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the thick boy. I'm going to go with Bryson. I, 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 you know, you and I have talked about this for two weeks, Rick. Mm-hmm. Do we do Bryson or do we go with Bro- – like I, I, we, we both had Bryson and Brooks on the table. And I just, I think this is an event that Bryson is going to own. I really do. And I I could be wrong about that. And he's not, I don't mean he's going to win it every year or anything like that. But I think he believes that he has figured out the U S open setup in a way that other guys have not, and that he has the ability to, to, to conquer it, to do it. So I'm in, I I don't know if, you know, he could miss the cut, but I I think he's going to play really well this week. I went with the other one, so now I'm now I'm worried. I went. Uh, I'll we'll save that for a second, but I'm 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 definitely worried about my pick. Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark is breathing down my my neck here. He is now three hundred three hundred thousand dollars behind after he got a million from Colin Morikawa at the Memorial. Luckily, he had Brooks Koepka last week, get, missed a cut, got zero dollars, and he is. It says going with either Finau or Bryson, Coach. He has uh, he has not committed to a pick here. Either Tony Finau. Bananas. I know that's why I said Come it to you. That was- that's okay. Give it, cut him some slack. He lost a lot of bets this week. <laughs> you cannot pick after Tuesday when we tape the show. You know what? Here's a. I'm going to be the new person who runs this. I'm going to be the commissioner. Yeah, I'm going to be the commissioner. I'm going to be the commissioner starting in the fall when we really do this for real and put in real money. All of us. I'm the commissioner. And there's going to be new rules because this is not okay. Yeah, you you have – I mean, I would go even a step further and say you have to submit it like – you even as we're doing this, we can't change – like we could theoretically change who we're – and that's that's not the way to do it. You have to pick who you pick. The person – yeah, the person who goes last has the advantage in that scenario. 100%. Yeah. You can 
pick right now, you could say whatever you wanted to say. Like if 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 if, if Mark picks somebody, you could say, "Oh, I'm going to switch to Mark." That's yeah. not fair. That's not yeah. Fair. Well, the, I agree. You got to pick. There's got to be a certain time where everybody's pick is in at the same time, and we yes. commit to it because ultimately, this is for our bragging rights. But the <laughs> listeners, right? If somebody's following along with Rick's one and done strategy for the whole year. Or, or Mark's one and done strategy. Somebody's in a league with Rob Bolton. They're trying to figure out how to beat him. They're copying <laughs> they're all of Mark's picks. Him, like, like and now Mark's they don't it. know. Now they don't know. Hey, where this to go. is this is not the first time there's been a lack of integrity around something happening at Tory Pines this year. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just rolling that out there. <laughs> I have eight eight point two million. I had Brooks and Bryson saved for this. I. Didn't feel great about rolling either of them out. Kyle described why he went with Bryson. I went with Brooks. KP, how I like I find it very difficult to pick between these two. I, I went the other way. I think I in some ways, I think Brooks is a safer pick. Um I it it feels like we know what we're getting from him, but then I don't know. He's got he has these weird weeks where you're it's just I, I I don't know. I, I have a hard time trusting Brooks, even though I feel like I should trust him more than I trust somebody like Bryson. Mm. All right. Well, so we it, shall it, see. It, it makes no sense. I don't know. Lots of money up top. Just to recap those, I've got Brooks. Mark has either Finau or Bryson. I guess we'll find out after the tournament is over. Kyle has Bryson. Greg has John Rom. Jacob went with Brooks. Kepka and Coach has gone with Louis Oosthuizen. We are going to be tweeting out and posting on Instagram all of our picks, our top 10 predictions, our best bets. Make sure you're following at First Cut Pod. But I believe we are going to shout out our sleepers right now. So get ready, gentlemen. I'll go first. Um, and that is not what I typed into the... Yeah, we got those switched. Thank you very much. Mine is Sam Burns, uh, who I've already talked about in my top 10. KP, yours is? I think I had Oosthuizen, right? Yeah, you did. We switched. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we had it switched had, in the outlaw. <laughs> I had King Louie. He's 45 to 1. All he, all he does is contend at majors. I mean, I just read his top 10 finishes at the U.S. Open at... 45 to one is too high for me, for him. Mark took Mark Leishman. Coach, yours, please. Uh, Jason Kokrak. That's who I think. Uh, I think for, for a uh, top 20, top 10, I think he, he he's a great selection because he's in that plus 200 to plus 300 range for uh, for a top 20. I think that's a good number for him. So I like him as a sleeper uh, to do really well this week. He's won twice. He learned how to putt, and he's played well at Torrey Pines, which leaves Greg your sleeper, please. Uh, at forty to one, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Boom! There we go, right. gentlemen. That will conclude our U.S. Open Mega Preview pod obviously stay tuned plenty more content coming this week and it'll be coming a little bit later because primetime west coast golf action is going to be taking place but for now let me thank producer jacob he does all the hard work behind the scenes that right there that's greg ducharme you can find him on twitter at the real gfd that's the coach you can find at the coach rules and that right there kyle porter who you can find at kyle porter cbs you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time